Hello, this is Dr. Ned Hallowell, and welcome to Dr. Hallowell's Wonderful World of Different, ADHD and Beyond. As always, today I have an absolutely wonderful guest. Today it's a woman by the name of Kristen Carter, and that's C-A-R-D-E-R, Kristen Carter. And of course, she gets tea thrown at her all the time, but it's not that. It's C-A-R-D-E-R. And she has a wonderful podcast and website called I Have ADHD. So if you want to learn about her, just go to IHaveADHD.com. She also runs a coaching business called Focused that you can learn about at IHaveADHD.com. She's an absolutely captivating and enchanting person married to a pastor with three boys, ages 13, 11, and eight. I was telling her the spacing is very similar to mine. Mine are 32, 29, and 26. Only mine are girl, boy, boy, and she's boy, boy, boy. We've just met face-to-face, and uh, although I think we've had a connection, implicit connection, for a long time, and that's what I would like to explore with her and with you all. We will will learn together. This is like a, a voyage into interesting territory uh, that uh, we're, we're about to have laid bare. So with that as introduction, Kristen, welcome so much to my wonderful world of different. Hello, Dr. Hallowell. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to be here with you today. Well, now you have to call me Ned. If I'm calling you, you have to call me Ned. So, Wow. Okay. I'm going to try to wrap my head around that for a minute there. Ned, it is so good to be here with you today. And likewise, it totally is. So tell me, how how do we know each other? I'm so glad that you asked. I have been just giddy with excitement to be able to tell you this story because you and I actually go way, way back. And I have you to thank for my father's ADHD diagnosis, for my ADHD diagnosis, and subsequently both of my sister's ADHD diagnoses as well. So you've been a very influential person in my life over the last 25 years. And I just could wrap my arms around you and give you a huge hug for all of the work that you have done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So my dad read driven to distraction when he was in his Uh forties, which is a weird thing to say because I am now in my (laughs) forties and I always thought of him as being so old, you know, when he, and, but like now that's me. Okay. So anyway, that's a side note. Um, So he read driven to distraction when he was in his forties. I was in my teens at the time Mm -hmm. and he essentially it totally blew his mind and he self-diagnosed in that moment and was like, oh my goodness, I think I have ADHD. And I have this very distinct memory of us all sitting at the beach at the Jersey Shore. We were at Cape May and my dad reading out the symptoms that you have listed in the book. And we are all cracking up like, oh my gosh, dad, that is so you just like dying laughing. But I think for him, it was so eye-opening. It was such an awakening. So he went and got medically diagnosed. I believe he brought your book to the Uh doctor and like essentially handed it to them and said, uh, (laughs) I think I have ADHD or ADD at the time. A lot Um, of people did that actually. 
Yeah, I'm sure. And actually that's what I recommend that my clients do. You know, if they're not yet diagnosed, I think it's always good to go in with that information because not every clinician has the oh, most um, understanding. Most most right. Yeah. Oh, it can be yeah. so frustrating. So that's yeah. a whole other topic. Yeah. So then he started nagging me about <laughs> my symptoms and saying, listen, I, I think you're a chip off the old block. The uh -huh. apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. I'm pretty right. sure that you have ADHD. But at the time I was like 17, 18, I was like, right. dad, whatever. You right. don't know anything. Right. Dads don't know anything <laughs> no. when you're that age. No, they don't know. That. But eventually I was double majoring in college and totally floundering, either getting A's or F's you know, nothing in between, of course. Right, right. And so I finally got to a place, a low enough place that I, I did call, I think I called my mom and said, you know, dad's been saying ADHD, mm -hmm. maybe I should go for an eval. So mm -hmm. I did, I went and got evaluated by the same doctor who saw my dad and was handed Concerta immediately, which was amazing for me. Absolutely wow. amazing. Yeah. The, the, the meds worked right away. The meds worked right away. And for the first time in my life, uh, the following semester, my grades went on the refrigerator. I was not even living at home. It was my apartment refrigerator and I put them on the refrigerator myself, right. but All I was right. so proud to have across the board, good grades, consistent grades. And you were pleasing um, yourself. It wasn't for your parents. Exactly. You were, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And my roommates were like, okay, like nobody really understood why it mattered so much, but I thought it was great. What but you know, you, what college were you at? I went to a small Bible college outside of Philadelphia. So it's uh -huh. called Karen University. It's just uh -huh. like a teeny tiny little uh -huh. um, Bible college outside there. I was a music major oh. and which is wild to think about now because did I you don't sing uh, or did you play an instrument? Or? I did both. I sing and play piano. And oh. so I was a vocal performance major and I studied opera and I thought it was well, like most people with ADD, you were very creative. Extremely. Yeah. 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 Not in the fine arts sense. I can't right. draw anything, but in the, in the performing arts and really now my creativity is in business. And I feel like that's really my niche for creativity. I have, so I find wonderful. so and much. Most, most entrepreneurs have ADHD. And yeah. so here you, you're an entrepreneur. Totally. And I have been, I've never worked for someone else. I've since, since graduating college, first I taught voice and piano lessons, and then I had a tutoring business, and now I'm doing coaching. And it's just, yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur. I and love you it. invented so, these things on your own. I mean, you, you, I did. Yeah, I know. yeah, that's, yeah, and that's where the creativity comes from, right? And the ability to market and say your message a million different ways so that different people can catch on and catch the vibe of what you're doing. So, And you make been, enough money to keep a family of three kids yeah. along with your husband. and Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's really that part in this coaching business that has been the most financially exciting of the three ventures. And I think it just speaks to the need that there is in the ADHD community. We are what are the three ventures what are the three ventures? So the first I taught voice and piano lessons. Okay. So that was right out of college. So I had a little studio in my home and I had anywhere from 20 to 30 private lesson students. And I did that for about five, yes, about five years. 
And then I actually got certified in this certain type of like brain training tutoring service, which trained cognitive skills, which really was my first foray into the ADHD world. Because even though I was diagnosed and medicated, I didn't know anything about ADHD. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the old adage of pills don't teach skills right. is very, very, very true. And so yeah. when I started working with students, improving their processing skills, their reading skills, their memory skills, and even their attention skills, then I really began to learn about ADHD and mm-hmm. learn about the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And what I began to realize is so much what of what I hated about myself was actually symptoms of ADHD. It wasn't like, character like, flaws. Like what? My inability to show up on time or just like my tendency to procrastinate. The way that I would forget important things that my husband would tell me, I would just mm-hmm. always forget important things. So until you understood the diagnosis, you thought these were character flaws, moral, moral failings. Yeah. Yes. And you needed to I, try harder. Yeah. yeah. A- and that's precisely right. And I didn't realize that because it's part of the diagnosis, I actually had a responsibility to figure out how to manage it. Right. right. So if you just think it's a character flaw, then you're like, well, how do I improve my character? I don't know. But if I understand that it's part of a diagnosis, then I can say, okay, how can I support myself in this? I'm going to have a bad memory. That is mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I mm-hmm. should, I should have a bad memory. I have ADHD. Like mm-hmm. it actually should be a bad memory and that's okay. All right. Now what do I do? Right. So that kind of a understanding and acceptance of the diagnosis is what has changed so much for me. And you, you know, you, the way you put it is very important because you didn't see it as an excuse. You saw it no. as, an, as an explanation. 100%. So it, it pointed you, instead of getting you out of taking responsibility, it pointed you the way to taking responsibility. Right. More right. And that's one of the things that I talk to my clients about all the time. Like, okay, you actually should procrastinate. If you don't <laughs> procrastinate, you don't have ADHD. So like <laughs> you should expect yourself to procrastinate. So now what? Now yeah. what do you do? You yeah. should have a bad memory. You should be time blind. Yeah. If you understand time and know exactly where you are within time and don't have any drama about time, you don't have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like if you do have ADHD, you're going to be time blind. So now what are we going to do about it? Right. What systems, what structures, what support, what scaffolding as you, Dr. You know, um, Barkley? You know, my says. line about time that in the world of ADD, there are only two times there's now and not now. Now and not now. Yes, that is absolutely right. Which is so interesting because even like in knowing that I was doing this interview today, I'm on Eastern time like you are. So 3 p.m. Even just knowing that I was going to do that all day long, I had my brain in the 3 p.m. time. I I Mm -hmm. wanted to not do anything else today, but sit here in front of my computer (laughs) ready for the interview. And I had to really work with myself to like, okay, there are other things we can do. (laughs) We can also write these emails. We can also teach these classes. We can can also, I can eat some lunch. Like it is okay. I don't have to just sit here, but it was like the now, not now switch was just like in the now, like, let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that really is. And so you're, you're a true autodidact. I mean, you learned all this on your own. You went and got yourself diagnosed in spite of your father's 
efforts to foist it upon you. It wasn't until <laughs> you felt it yourself that you you said, okay, I'll I'll bite the bullet bullet. And, and now you've made a career out of it. I know. It's yeah. wild. And now I'm sitting here face to face with the thought of calling you Ned. It's like <laughs> even that is just like, how in the world did life bring this journey all the way full circle to this moment? It's it blows my mind. Like well, it is you, you, such life didn't do it. You did it. I mean, you, you you've worked hard and creatively yeah. and ingeniously. Yeah. You know, that, and you, right, you, I received that. Yeah, and and you and you never lost faith in yourself. You kept bouncing mm. back from disappointments. That is very true, and I think that that is one of that is one of our superpowers mm-hmm. as humans with ADHD. Is most of us are willing to pick ourselves back up and try again. That's and we all we all do it. I mean, it's oh, amazing. Man. We're we're the most resilient, uh, knock us down nine times, we get up 10. I mean, you know. Yeah, and, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We just have a natural good humor, unless it gets beaten mm. out of it, and out, out of us, and that can happen as, as children, you know. But uh tell you a story, speaking of, about beating, there, there's, there was a man I know now, become a friend, and when he, he went to a Lutheran school in the Midwest, and because he had a talent at making other people laugh, he was paddled uh, regularly in school it, it, all the way through from first grade to 12th grade. They, they paddled high school students. And, and uh, you know, the principal would come out with this big board and whack him on their butt. But this man just never gave up. And he kept mm. he kept drawing cartoons and making people laugh. Well, his name is Dave Pilkey. I was wondering if you were going to say that. I have chills. Oh my gosh! My kids read all of his books. Yep, the the the, the Captain Underpants series, and his books have sold like a hundred million copies. You know, and that principal was unable to beat the creativity and hope mm. and optimism out of Dave Pilkey, and now he's instilling it. And, and he has both ADHD and dyslexia, mm. as, as I do, but. But we really do, you know, we do encounter a lot of, uh, often a, a lot of adversity that, that we, yeah. now you, you also did something very important. You married the right person. How, how did that happen? Oh my gosh. You're absolutely right. And I've actually been thinking about this recently because I'm teaching a course on relationships right now in my coaching program. And I've been thinking about how Greg and I came to be married because we are very opposite. (laughs) And I actually think that, you know, where my family was all ADHD, very chaotic, very um, like a ton of fun, really funny and spontaneous and all of that. He, Greg is very steady and systematic and methodical. He thinks things through for a long time. He has the patience, you know, which is one of the things that is very attractive about him and one of the things that I hate most about him, right? <laughs> Which is often how it goes, right? Yeah. So I think that opposites attract, yeah. really. Yeah. And honestly, it's been such a beautiful partnership, especially in the last five to 10 years, as I have understood myself more and gained so much more awareness of ADHD and who I am at my core, Mm -hmm. being able to celebrate our differences and celebrate, like, I am so glad that he's methodical. I'm so glad that he's patient, even though it may mean like 
his stories take longer than I always want to be paying attention, <laughs> or he might need to tell me something a couple times just for him to like process it. So like <laughs> curbing my impulse to be like, yeah, I know I got it. Like it's fine. <laughs> right. Like learning those types of things in our marriage has been so helpful because honestly, I have been able to say to him, like, listen, I suck at managing the house. Like, I'm not good at it. I can build this big business and I can be successful in these areas and I can help hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, but I cannot keep the fridge stocked for the life of me. I'm never going to be able to do that. So leaning on him for those things. Is he good at that? He is willing and he's methodical and he's systematic. So like those kinds of things, you know, and he's willing to work together. Whereas in the generations before me, like with my parents, you know, the man did the work and the woman would stay home and do the house. Well, that doesn't work for me because I am bad at all of the house things. And then with three boys, you've got to have a well-stocked refrigerator. We've got to have a well-stocked fridge. The TP's got to be on like (laughs) auto order. Like we've got to have all of that. And so being able to partner with Greg in that and him um, seeing my strengths and being willing to just let me shine in my strengths and and help me with the weakness areas, you know, like being a partner at home has just been amazing. Amazing. And, and how did you how did you know that he was the right one or, or what made you think? That- oh, my gosh, I have no idea. I was 23. I was a baby. I was a teeny tiny baby. I have yeah. no idea. Who, who Actually, asked, was, did he ask you to marry him? Or oh, yes. Okay. He knew pretty much right away, I think. Ah, okay. And I, again, because of just who I was, I was kind of like bouncing around and like, la, la, la. Yeah, yeah. And But he was very intentional. So like our second date, He said, I want you to know, I'm very interested in you. I'm very interested in pursuing this relationship. It was the first time a man had ever said that to me. Like I, Uh I have intention here. Is he, was he your age? Yeah. He's three years older. Okay. So you're roughly the same age. Yeah. Roughly the same age. And he, do you know what I think has kept me interested for so long is that he has always been a mystery to me still, even now there's parts of him that are very mysterious. I feel like I learn more about him. He's much quieter than I am. And he's just got this like edge to him. And so there's just this mystery that at the time I think is what really kept me very, very interested. Did you know know he wanted to be a pastor then? I did, which is very ironic because my dad was a pastor and I said I would never marry a pastor. Oh, oh, wow. But you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. never say never. Yeah. yeah, I knew that he wanted to be a pastor. And, you know, I'd grown up in the church and I was, it's an area that I feel very comfortable in. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't something that I was intimidated by. Although I do have to admit there's not much that I'm intimidated by, which is both a blessing and a curse. Well, so, it also you know. comes, comes with ADD. Oh know. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Being able to put on that confident front as if you just know everything. And my husband will call me out on it. He said, he'll say, you said that very confidently, but do you do you really know? And I'm like, oh no, I don't actually know. <laughs> well, you sound like a wonderful, wonderful match. You've been together how many years? So, well, 23 to 40, so 17? 17 years. Yeah. Thank you for doing that math for me so I didn't have to do that live on the show. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're you're such a delightful person. And, and yet a lot of people with ADD really struggle. 
what advice do you have to the ones who are not fulfilled and where they want to be mm. yet? Yeah, I mean, I spent the majority of my life struggling. So mm. I will just say that if you're listening to this and you're struggling, that is very normal for someone mm. with ADHD, but mm. it, it doesn't have to be the end of your story. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I learned about as I was working with students with learning differences who struggled in school is the concept of neuroplasticity, like the brain's willingness and ability to change. Mm-hmm. And that was a concept, even though it's like neuroscience and not something that you would maybe feel like would change your life forever. Right. It wasn't like a self-development tool, but it was this hope that the way that I was functioning in that moment was not necessarily what was going to be forever. Mm -hmm. And so exploring that topic and learning that, you know, our brains are willing to change and being curious about the world and figuring out like, who are the right teachers for me? Mm -hmm. Who are the people that I can learn from? Mm -hmm. Who are the example of what's possible in the world? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if I want to say this or not. Let's think about it for a second, Kristen. Let's use those bicycle brakes a little bit. Go ahead and go ahead and say it. I think I'm going to say it. You know, in the ADHD community, there are some, but there aren't many people that you can look at and say, wow, they really overcame their weaknesses. Wow. They're really, really living a fulfilled full life. Now, of course there are examples, Mm -hmm. but it's hard in the ADHD community to find that because I I think that a lot of us like to get together. And because we finally feel like we've found people that understand, Mm -hmm. we often will just talk about all of the things that are hard. Mm -hmm. And then it'll just be like all of us sitting around talking about the things that are hard, which is fine. And there's a place for that, but Mm -hmm. being able to look at people and say, look at Justin Timberlake. That's an amazing story. Look at Simone Biles. That's an amazing story. Like all of these people who you're just like, they are killing it. I wonder if they can do it. Does that mean that I could do it too in my own way that I could succeed in my own way? And so you're you're doing it. Exactly. And that is the difference though. That was the shift for me was starting to think, I think that I might be able to do do more. I yeah. think that I might be able to be an example someday for people. Yeah, just and, my daughter said years ago, she said, don't hold back on life out of fear. Oh my gosh. And, well, and, you know, I think that is so poignant because so many of us have experienced failure. Yeah. I mean, just by nature of having ADHD or any kind of neurodivergence. Or, or, or just being human, you know. That is so true. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. The propensity toward feeling rejection yeah. from that failure yeah. and then never wanting to feel it again right? because right. it was such an unpleasant experience, we can right. really hold ourselves back. And right. so one of the things that I think has really helped me to excel is being willing to fail. Yes. And yeah. that's something that my dad has really helped me to see, like, he would always say, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room, but you do have to be persistent. Mm -hmm. And I've taken that. And I like to say, you don't have to be consistent. 
Right. You're never going to be consistent. If you have ADHD, right. you're not going to be consistent. Okay. Right, like right, it's just right. the way it is. But if you are persistent, if yeah. you're willing to try and try and try and build up that tolerance to failure, yeah. you can for sure make amazing changes. Absolutely. And it's so important, I think, for the ADHD community to understand that there is potential. There is potential for growth and things oh can my God. change. Tremendous. I mean, huge. you've heard of the PCR test for COVID? Mm-hmm. Of course. You know what PCR stands for? I do not. It stands for polymerase chain reaction. Mm. And the, the polymerase chain reaction next to the double helix is probably the most important discovery invention in biology in the past hundred years. Mm. The man who invented that, his name is Kerry Mullis. He's now in heaven, but he won the Nobel Prize in chemistry in 1993 for doing that. Mm. Mm. He had way, way, way big time ADD. So the we have Nobel Prize winners who wow. have this. The, Man who founded JetBlue, David Nealman, has it. The woman in Canada uh, who, who Heather Reisman runs their their version of Amazon. I mean, the list goes on and on and totally. on of people who have achieved at the very highest levels who have it. But but at the same time, you don't want to say to someone, "Well, if you're not a superstar, you're not much," which is not true at all. Right. But the, the, your point, I mean, you can have this condition and have it become your superpower, and you can be very fulfilled as you are which is, and you're, you're just getting started. I do feel like I'm just getting started. I do. I'm, I'm very hopeful for the future, which is something again, that I do think I've always had is that hope for the future. I'm curious what you think separates someone who is like higher achieving, reaching potential from someone who's feeling very stuck. What do you, Ned Hallowell, think is, is there one thing? Are there a couple things? What What's the component? And then I have some ideas too, but I'm curious what you think. Well, it, it, it's what I call the catalyst, you know, uh, in chemistry, in order to get a, 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 a reaction going, there's this, there's a curve that goes up to a peak and then the reaction starts and it comes down mm-hmm. and getting up that hill is called the energy of activation of a mm-hmm. chemical reaction. Well, what a catalyst does is it lowers how much energy is required to go up that hill. And people who are stuck haven't found their catalyst. And most of the time, the catalyst comes in the form of a person, of a relationship, a mentor, a lover, a Mm -hmm. teacher, a boss, um, a priest, a pastor, a grandparent. Sometimes it's a dog. I dedicated my last book to dogs. It's no accident that God spelled backwards as dog. But that catalyst, you know, it, and it and it's the combination of finding the right task and the right catalyst. Mm. When you do that, you take off. Some people just choose the wrong task. They choose something that they're never going to, they don't really have an affinity for because they were assigned it or given it, or they think they should be good at it. So... You know, it's like falling in love. You can't do it by a cookbook. You have to trust mm-hmm. your instincts and trust the chemistry and trust the natural drift of things that I am firmly convinced, I've been doing this a long time, that for everyone, there is a catalyst. For everyone, there is a right place in the world to plug in to a task, to an occupation, to a relationship, and just keep looking. Don't lose faith, you know, and, and like I said, I've been doing this long enough. I, I really, really know that ADHD 
yes, can be a curse, but it can also be a tremendous blessing. And and you mm. can it can become your superpower as it has done for you. So can we chat about that? Because I yes. have I have questions. Yes. <laughs> so I'm very curious about like once someone understands, like for me, for example, I found what I was meant to always do with my life. And that I think is what you're talking about with as like a catalyst. Yes. Like knowing that, like, wow, I'm really good at this. Wow, yeah. this is something that the world needs. Wow. And so once like, once you find that, the effort it takes to do it comes way down. That's what I mean. Way you, down. You, you suddenly totally you're not stuck agree. anymore. You say, oh, I'm 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 in my groove. I'm I've, I've hit totally my stride. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but my question is, I still, or this is actually a statement followed by a question. Statement. I still don't look at ADHD as a superpower because it still makes my life harder. Mm -hmm. It still makes life harder. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what part, what aspects of ADHD do you pull out and say, these are the parts that are superpower-esque? Yeah. Well, in in, in chapter one of my latest book, ADHD 2.0, I address that very question. And the thing that's so interesting about ADHD is, is it's an amalgam of positives and negatives. And my job when I work with people is to maximize the positives and minimize the Mm. negatives. But for every positive, there is a corresponding negative and vice versa. Like if you look at the three core symptoms of ADD, distractibility, impulsivity, and hyperactivity, turn each one of those on its head and you get a positive. The flip side of distractibility is curiosity. We Mm. are endlessly curious. If we weren't Mm. curious, we wouldn't care what that noise was outside. We wouldn't care that the Petri dish looks different from when we left it, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's, and and then the flip side of impulsivity is creativity. What is creativity, but impulsivity gone right. You don't plan to have a creative (laughs) idea. They pop, they come spontaneously impulsive. I love that. I love that. If you don't have weak breaks and somewhat impulsive, you won't be creative. And then the third one, hyperactivity, you get to be my age. I'm 72. It's called energy. You know, I'm really glad I have this little turbo pack on my back. So, so it's what makes the condition so interesting. It's it's negatives and positives. Mm-hmm. And what we need to do, is, and we all have our own recipe, our own way of getting there. But we want we need to maximize the positives and minimize the negatives. And yeah. you see, the thing is, our positives, creativity, originality, drive, resilience, you can't buy or teach those. Mm-hmm. And the negatives, we can do something about the distractibility, the time blindness, the disorganization, the, we, we can do something about that. There are various mm-hmm. interventions from coaching to medication to the way you live your day, the way you structure your environment. Yeah. All of that can not cancel out, but compensate for the negatives. Mm. So my work with people is all about helping them maximize the positives and minimize the negatives. You can't eradicate the negatives. They'll always be there, but you yeah. can minimize their impact. And there are ways to do right at the top of the list is have a creative outlet. We need yeah. a creative outlet, have loving connections. Most people are, are happy and fulfilled in direct proportion to the number and depths of their loves. Mm. Think about it. You, you know, you are, you are fulfilled, healthy, and happy in direct proportion to the number and depths of your loves. Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. I loved your chapter in, I think it's Delivered from Distraction, where you wrote about the 12 steps, the 12-step programs, and how groups like that can be so helpful. And I've taken a lot of that and tried to model 
my coaching community after that, because that is something that I see so beautifully is that having a community of people who really understand you, who really get you, who really resonate with even just like, I forgot to pick up my kids from school at the right time today. And every single parent is just like, Oh my gosh, I don't really understand. And they'll they'll say, don't feel bad. I left my kids on the roof of the car. You know, (laughs) (laughs) There's just so much empathy and understanding. And like, we really carrying each other's burdens in that way. I just, I resonate with that so much. Yes. Kristen, I could talk to you for hours and hours and, and you are an angel. You really are. You're doing such great work. I am so impressed. And you're an entrepreneur, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're an angel. You really are. And you, so you model so much of what's so positive about being alive. And I can't thank you enough for coming on my show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a dream. It's been so wonderful. This is Dr. Ned Hallowell for The Wonderful World of Different. If you have a suggestion, a comment, we love hearing from you. Please email us at different at hallowellcenter.org. Just the word different at hallowellcenter.org. We love getting your comments. We love hearing hearing from you. If you have guests that you'd like us to have, if you have comments on, on the wonderful Kristen who was with us today, let us know and just send your comment to the word different at hallowellcenter.org. And Kristen Carter with a D, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a treat to chat with you for a little while and get to know you and the wonderful work you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is Dr. Ned Hallowell saying goodbye until next time.